save lives. This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation, Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Five minutes after 12. Is it that time already? My goodness me. And with Gavin Williamson's soporific announcement in the House of Commons just a few moments ago, of course, the clock is ticking on how long we will be able to confine our weekly adventures into the unknown to younger listeners. I'm delighted to tell you that today we intend to keep that flag flying and the massive majority of voices you hear, apart from mine, moving forward will be young and relatively fresh-faced because this is Mystery Hour, your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio. Ring me with a question. It can be a bit silly if you want, but not really, really silly. Um, and hopefully somebody else listening to the programme will know the answer and then if you are that person possibly more likely to be a grown-up although by no means guaranteed if you hear a question to which you do know the answer then give me a ring and share that answer and if we judge your answer to be correct you get a round of applause you're not allowed to look anything up this should be obvious i think we had a breach last week i i i, I hesitate to say this out loud because it will make your heart sink but one of the few grown-ups who got through last week appeared when we checked the tapes. He appeared to be just reading it off Google. I don't get the point of that, especially if my under-14 callers have understood the absurdity of looking stuff up just in order to get your voice on the radio. Quite how my over-40 callers could still be um, seeking to defraud the audience in that way is is. It's, rather sad but we are where we are six minutes after 12 is the time oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number you need a mystery hour is the name of the game i think we'll just crack on miles is in leeds miles do you have a question or an answer for me a question it'd be a bit weird if you had an answer because we haven't actually asked any questions yet have we no nope. what is your question miles when you go into the sky on a plane the sky the sky is blue but when you go into space, the sky is black. Why is this? Well, it's not always blue, is it? If you go on a plane at night. That's not a trick question. So I'm just trying to work out what we're trying to solve, Miles. Are we, are we wondering if you, if, you, if, you go, if you take off in a rocket, at what point does the sky outside stop being blue and start being black? Is that what we're asking? Yeah. I like that question a lot, actually. It'll have something to do with the sun and light, but I, I don't know what. I don't know what. Miles, great question. We shall try and find out an answer for you. When you're, when you're in the blue sky on the plane, at what point does it become black? Because you never see light in space. There's a clever answer to this, and I am definitely not the man to give it. I think Miles deserves better than my verbal meanderings. 12.07 is the time. Luca is in Thorpe in Surrey. Luca, do you have a question or an answer for me? A question. Carry on, Luca. When you drink water straight out of the fridge, yeah, is it much colder than when you drink orange juice from the same fridge? Is it? How many times have, have you done a proper experiment on this? Have you published some peer-reviewed research? Yeah. Good. Carry on. The question is why? Yeah. Why, why is water out of the fridge much, much colder than orange juice out of the fridge? Yes. You know, you're right, aren't you? Because sometimes, do you get shivery teeth when something's really, really cold? Yeah, and also like a head 
That's right. Yeah. Cake or something. We used to call it brain freeze when I was your age. You get it if you have a lolly, if you if you bite a big chunk off an ice lolly and swallow it, and then something just in the back of your head where the head meets the neck goes all really weird and painful. But you get that with water out of the fridge. You're right. You never get it with orange juice out of the fridge. I shall try to find out. Do you have orange juice? Hang on, Luca. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Do you have orange juice with bits in it, or do you have it smooth? Smooth. Oh, because I was going to say it might be the bits. Good job I didn't say that out loud, isn't it? I could have made a right old fool of myself. Luca, we shall try and get you an answer to the question. Why is water out of the fridge colder than orange juice? And at what point does the blue sky turn black as you make your way from Earth into space? Isabella is in Epsom. Isabella, do you have a question or an answer for me? A question. Carry on. When you get on a horse and get off, why do you get on and off with the left side? I didn't know you did. Is that, is that, is that the rules? Yeah. Do you ride horses a lot? Yeah. Have you ever got on the other side? No. Well, not even once, just to find out what would happen? No. I think I know why. Are you right-handed? Yeah. If you were left-handed, I wonder if you'd do it the same way, because you're swinging your right leg up, aren't you, and your right leg is your strong leg. Yeah. Is that right? Have I got that the right way around? I think it might have something to do with, with the right-handed and left-handedness of humans, but I shall find out for you. Is it, is it like a really strict rule? If you, if you jumped onto a horse from the right-hand side, would you get sort of banned from the gymkhana? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Nor do I. I'll try and find out for you, Isabella. Not the bit about the gymkhana, just the bit about hopping on a horse from the left or the right. If you've heard any questions to which you know the answer, whether they involve the temperature of fridge-based drinks, the location of the best place to hop onto and off to a horse, or indeed the point at which the sky turns from blue to black on a journey from Earth into space, then you know what to do. Give me a call, 0345 606 Hamad is in High Wycombe. Hamad, do you have a question for me? Mm, yeah. Carry on. Why do we get beauty spots? Well, what's the difference between a beauty spot and a massive freckle? I'm not sure. I don't think there is a difference between a beauty spot and a massive freckle. So if we work on the principle that a beauty spot is a massive freckle, then freckles are a product of melanin concentrations. So you know how if you go out in the sun, your skin will get darker? Yeah. That's because of melanin in your in your body that sort of comes to the surface because darker skin protects you theoretically from hotter sun but the melanin isn't spread out like you know when you what's your favorite topping on toast Hamad? Um, um butter just normal butter not peanut butter no. Normal. OK. Well, you know, when you spread butter on toast, it's very, very, very impossible to get exactly the same amount of butter on every single bit of toast. Do you see what I mean? Some bits of toast are going to have a, like, a, a globule of butter on it. They're my favourite bits. And other bits of toast you might have missed completely and you'll just have a little bit of manky old dry crust at one end. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So what you need to do, think of your skin. Do you have any beauty spots, by the way? Um. Yeah, one on my left thumb. On your left arm? My left thumb. Left th- You've got a beauty spot on your left thumb? Yeah. Well, according to ancient Greek mythology, that means you're a genius and one day you will lead this country to war. Did you know that? No. Well, you live and learn. So imagine your body is a slice of toast, right? Yeah. And and melanin is butter. So we've spread the melanin all over your body. Some bits of it have hardly got any butter on them at all. But your left thumb, that's got quite a big lump of butter on it. Okay. Does Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Do you think I deserve a round of applause for that answer? Yeah. Oh, thanks, Hamad. I'll share it with you, mate. <laughs> and if, if I've got that wrong, I shall apologise profusely to our friend from High Wycombe. 12 minutes after 12 is the time. Beauty spots dealt with. Horses, orange juice and skies still waiting. If you have a question yourself, then you know what to do. Um, it gets incredibly busy, obviously, this hour, and I do my best to rattle through as many people as possible, but I apologise in advance if you, if you try and fail to get through. Lilia is in Goffsoak. Lilia, do you have a question or an answer for me? Question. Carry on. Um, so we have a local park, and there are web, rabbit warrens at the top of the hill and rabbit warrens at the bottom of the hill. Right. And when they come past, they all run to their warrens, so but, some some um, of them run up the hill and some of them run to the bottom of the hill. Yeah, but um, do the um, rabbits from the maybe from the top warren mix with the rabbits at the bottom warren or not? Do you mean mix on the surface or mix underground? As in, like, can, do they go into each other's warrens? So you don't think that they're linked underground? You don't think that the the hill is like a a honeycomb of, of tunnels and warrens and the rabbits in the top have actually got secret tunnels going down to the rabbits in the bottom. You just mean if a rabbit from the bottom was trying to hide from a predator, in this case you, would they be allowed to run into the warren that they didn't actually usually live in? Um, yeah, but um, I'm, not, I'm not, yeah, that's... Lily, I'm not going to lie to you. you. Your voice is conveying a sense that you think I'm a bit stupid. Would would that be an accurate description of how you're feeling at the moment? No. Well, you're very polite, but I'm not sure that you're telling me the truth. So well, the question is, can a rabbit from Warren 1 go into Warren 2? Basically, yeah. Why only basically? What am I missing here? Because I sense you do think I'm a bit silly, but you're too polite and well brought up to say so. So congratulations to your parents on doing such a bang-up job of bringing you up so politely. But let's not beat around the bush here, Lilia. I am missing something. I'm being a bit dozy. You're too polite to say so. Let's try and work it out without you feeling that you've offended me. What 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 what, what have I missed? Um, you actually haven't missed anything. You have to leave that question. I've just made, basically, when I asked you, it was my... Might have been a bit too complicated. Well, a bit too complicated for me, you mean? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I shall try. I shall try and find out for you. If you've got, I mean, first of all, I want to know whether or not the top warren and the bottom warren are actually linked under underground, subterraneously, because I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of warrens, a lot of little tunnels. But the second question is, if they appear to be from two separate warrens, in the event of a predator attacking, would 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 a rabbit be welcome to take shelter in a warren that wasn't actually its home? That's a brilliant question. Thank you, Lilia. Charlotte is... I will come to Charlotte first after the break. It's 12.15. LBC. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. This is LBC. 18 minutes after 12 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Why is water in the fridge so much colder than orange juice? When does the sky turn from blue to black if you're making your way from Earth to space? I know the answer to the horse's question. Uh, Wayne in Basildon has tweeted uh, an answer to that and it's reminded me he's close to the truth but I shall wait for a caller to provide it um, we've done the beauty spots was there one other one as well at the end there that I've forgotten to write down I think there was it was Lilia's question about rabbits wasn't it do, do, can rabbits visit other warrens like, easily without any problems or passports uh, freedom of movement of rabbits we're discussing essentially on the programme just to keep things topical let's go to Perth in Australia blimey Charlotte is there Charlotte hello question or answer um, question excellent how old are you Charlotte eight I think you're the youngest caller today what's your question 
Why do colourful fish turn white when they die? That's a brilliant question. The problem is that back here in England, we don't really have any colourful fish to speak of. But in Australia, you've got loads, right? Mm-hmm. And is it true that if, when they die, they, they just turn white? Yes. Well, I've got no idea is the short answer to that question. I shall try and find out for you, Charlotte. What a brilliant question. Thank you so much. And take care. 19... Thank you. Thank you. 90 minutes after 12 is the time. Why do colourful fish turn white when they die? That's a... We've never had that question before. What a beautiful question. Um, and you heard all the other ones because I ran through them quickly a moment ago. But there is, of course, still opportunity for you to get through. Lydia is in Southend. Lydia, question or answer? I've got an answer for Miles. And how old are you, Lydia? I'm 34 and a half. Oh, carry on. And you got your dad's permission before ringing in, did you? I have, yeah. Carry on, then. What's, what's your answer to the question of when does the sky turn from blue to black as we make our way into space? All right, OK. So if we think about where that light is coming from, that light is coming from the sun. And when you look at the sun in space, it's going to look white because it's really, really bright and all the colours in that... Um, light is going to be coming directly and there's nothing in between you and that uh, and the sun in space um, there's no air there's no um, atmosphere but when you get to the earth when that light reaches the earth it hits the outside the ozone and all that um, air and what that air does to the light is it um, scatters it about spreads it all around and um, light isn't actually when it looks white it's actually mixed up of loads and loads of different colours. So when you see a rainbow, that's it being spread out. Yes. And so it's made up of all those different colours. And so when the light hits um, the oxygen and the nitrogen um, in the atmosphere, it turns it blue, and that's what you see. So, oh, blight. So, so there is light in space, but because there's no atmosphere, you can't see it? Well, it doesn't get spread about. So if you were in space yeah. um, and you looked at the sun, it'd be brightly um, hitting you in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> um, like I'll a big pizza pie. It. Yeah. yeah, so it's a bit like um, if you've got a lamp and um, you look at a light bulb directly, it's really bright. But yeah. sometimes you have um, a, a little screen in front of it which diffuses it. And, um, oh, so, 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 oh, OK. No idea. What a brilliant answer. I should apologise. It's the moon, of course, that hits your eye like a big pizza pie, not the sun. <laughs> My, Absolutely. my mistake. What are your qualifications? Um, I'm a research scientist and my degree is in physics. Oh, get in. Round of applause for <laughs> Lydia. Oh, perfect. Oh, I actually understood. You've got a gift for explaining as well. Have you ever thought of teaching? Uh, no, I, I, mean, I like doing um, actual research myself, but I do do a lot of STEM outreach with um, kids in school. That's so what I, I meant. I, I, I wasn't suggesting you should jack in what you're doing <laughs> at the moment and change career. I was just saying you've got a gift for communicating, but you've already discovered that because you're doing the STEM outreach stuff. It's oh, a lovely call. Thank you, Lydia. And thank you, Miles. It was a brilliant question. Absolute stormer. 22 minutes after 12 is the time. Zara is in West Ryslip. Hello, Zara. Do you have a question or an answer for me? I have a question. Carry on. Okay, so say there was a cub, for example, a lion cub, yeah. and it got separated from its parents, how would it know if it's a carnivore or a herbivore? I can't work out whether that's a silly question or a brilliant question. I think it's brilliant. So, if I, so, if, so imagine if you were a lion cub who got separated from your parents and you got adopted by a cow. Right? Yeah. And the cow's calves were all eating grass. Yeah. 
and maybe a bit of milk. How would the lion know that it would... God, this is one of the best questions we've ever had. How? Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. And similarly, if a baby rabbit got adopted by a lion, unlikely, more likely to end up as lunch rather than a foster child rabbit. But if a baby rabbit got adopted by a lion and the lion was eating meat all day, would the rabbit try the meat? And then, Do you think maybe they'd try the food and then realise it wasn't working? Mm, I don't know. Because animals are very strange. It is very strange. And also, we can't eat grass because... Well, we can eat it, but it, we, I mean, it will come straight out the other end, if you pardon my French. But the, the reason is because ruminants have more than one stomach, so they break the... Oh, wow. I love this question, Zara. I, when did you first think of it? Um, a, couple, a week ago. About a week ago. And what were you doing? Were you, were you hanging out with your pet lion cub at the time? I don't have a lion, I have a dog. Oh, well, you never know if you're good and Christmas comes around. We shall try and find out for you, Zara. What a perfect question. And dogs are, car- well, dogs are omnivores, really, but you can put a dog on a vegetarian diet, but I think they sometimes need supplements. I think I'm now veering into areas where I'm not really qualified to comment whatsoever, so we'll leave Zara's question hanging. If a, if a, if a baby animal got separated from its parents, how would it know if it was a herbivore or a carnivore? I mean, m- most animals would probably be all right because they're neither, they're omnivores. But I like that a lot. 24 minutes after 12 is the time. Teddy is in Somerset. Teddy, question or answer? Question. How old are you, Teddy? Seven. Oh, my days. We've got a new record. The youngest caller of the day is Teddy. What's your question, Teddy? How do we get deja vu? Do you know, I think someone's asked me that question before. That's the sound of tumbleweed bouncing across the radio studio. Well, I thought that was a pretty good dad joke, Teddy, because you said, how'd you get deja vu? And I said, someone's asked me that question before, which would be a bit like... Deja vu. Deja vu. Deja vu. Deja vu. Deja vu. Thank you. We got there in the end. Oh, an amazing sound effects bouncing around the studio at the moment. I, I kind of know the answer to this one, but I'm going to... But I, no, I, I, I'm going to leave it on... How, how do we get... Deja vu, that sense when something happens that it's already happened before. 0345 60973. Teddy, great work. Whispering parent in background, great work. Radio presenter, meh, meh, mediocre work. 25 minutes after 12. Mitch is in South End. No, is he? No, well, he was. Uh, what are we doing? Mitch is in South End. Mitch, question or answer? Uh, I've got an answer. Go on then. It's the horse one. Yes. Back in the good old days when we used to wear swords, they were normally worn on the left-hand side. Because you would pull it out with your right hand. That's right. Yes. So if you tried to mount from the right-hand side of the horse, yes. you'd get all tangled up with the swords trying to hit the side of the horse. So traditionally and habitually, you would get on from the left-hand side and you still have the, the sword would be dangling free as you got on. And, and subsequently, uh, for the same reasons, although not for the same reasons, if you see what I mean, it's easier to swing your right leg up to get yep. onto the horse first than it is. Because you haven't got a sword in the way. Well, partly you haven't got a sword in the way, but also <laughs> because the massive majority of us are, are right-handed. I like that. Quali- qualifications? I used to ride a lot as a kid, and I've got an interest in, in swords and stuff. <laughs> that last bit sounds <laughs> a bit weird. You should have phrased I'm in it. Sh- what, you expect. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do at the weekend, especially when the arcades are shut? I like yeah. that. And, and there's another one, isn't there, about the. The side of the road we travel on had something to do yeah. with swords as well, didn't it? It was the same, the same sort That's of tradition. Right. Um, and things. It's got you a round of applause, Mitch. Thank you. Hey, you're very welcome.
I like that a lot. And there we go. What a great answer that was as well. The, the, the horses on the left is because we used to carry swords, although I grant you that, that nine-year-old girls in Surrey are unlikely to be uh, armed in that way. 27 minutes after 12 is the time. Ruby is in Brighton. Ruby, question or answer? Um, question. Carry on, Ruby. Um, is there a difference between the number of atoms in water and in a solid, like a rock? Um, you, mean, so you mean if you've got the same amount, if you've got the same space, the same volume of water and rock, would they have a different amount of atoms in them? Yeah. So if you had like a, well, are we doing it by weight or space? Sorry, I'm being really thick today, Ruby. Will you just, just help me out a bit here? So are we doing it by weight? So if I had a ton of water and a ton of rock, or are we doing it by space? If I had a cubic meter of water and a cubic meter of rock? Um, Weight. Of Wait. One. Okay, you're brilliant. Actually, how old are you? Eight. You're eight years old and you're asking questions about atoms on the radio. Yeah. Do you know what I would have been asking about on the radio when I was eight year old? What? Biscuits. And you're asking about atoms. That is so clever. And I'm really embarrassed that I don't know the answer because I'm 40 years older than you. We shall try and find out. Do, do rock solids and liquids or... Um, well, yeah, solids and liquids or rock and water, do they contain per per cubic, no, per per gram, do they contain a similar or an identical amount of... I don't even understand the question, honestly, and I've got a degree. Can we answer that question, please, sooner rather than later on 03456060973? So, atoms. Why do colourful fish turn white when they die? Uh, we've done the beauty spots, we've done the horses. Why is water, fridge fresh, as they say, Colder than orange juice. And we've done the sky question as well. There's a couple of others. I'll, I'll fill you in in a moment. But first, Tracy is in Kempston in Bedfordshire. Tracy, question or answer? Hello, um, answer. Oh, James. excellent. Carry on. It's to the deja vu question. <laughs> ah, yes. Carry on. I can't um, do that joke again, even for a grown-up, because it went down so bad. I don't think I've ever heard a silence quite as stark as the silence <laughs> that greeted me replying to the question about deja vu by saying that I think I've heard that before. So carry on. <laughs> okay, um... Well, it's it's basically like a mini seizure, and it's a sort of it's a very very uh, quick rewiring of your brain, and it goes to a place in your brain where memories are made. So that's why it feels like you've already yes. done it before. So like a short circuit rather than a seizure yeah. sort of thing. Because seizure might be a bit scary, you know. Tracy, uh, yeah, for heaven's no, sake, yeah, I've got a lot of young people listening. I don't want them thinking they're going to have a seizure every time they have a little no, moment. But it's the wiring of your brain, the yeah, same part of your quick. brain. So it feels like a memory, even though it isn't, yeah. because it's it's triggered. That's it. It goes to the, the place in your brain where memories are memories are made. I like that. Qualifications? Um, I asked it before. What? I asked it before on Mystery Hour. How long ago? Maybe two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said, oh, I think I've, we've had this before, you actually have this heard is, it before. This is brilliant. <laughs> no, I knew I'd heard it before. I, you know, I don't think you're the only person that's asked it either. I think it's come up quite a few times. But and a question about deja vu on the radio has just been answered by the person yeah. who last asked the same question about deja vu. Well, funnily enough, actually, it was asked again after, and I also answered it then. So you've done it twice. This is the third time. That you've Am been I involved. To do that? No, yeah. Mate, this is one of the most magical things that's ever happened. Of course, you're allowed to do it. You get a question about deja vu, which Tracy asked two years ago. She's yeah. now rung in twice to answer the question about deja vu that she asked herself two years ago. 
I know, deja vu. Deja vu? (laughs) Like Del Boy now. I might have to go and have a small creme de monster to calm down. Round of applause. You've already had one. Have another. Oh, Oh, this is deja vu. Deja vu. 12.31. Bill Overton is here with the headlines. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060973. 35 after 12 or 25 to 1 in old money. Uh, Mystery areas upon us. Questions still in need of answers include why do colourful fish go white when they die? Uh, Why is orange juice not as cold as water even though they've been next to each other in the same fridge? I nearly said bridge there. Um, And there's some others as well that I've forgotten to to, to write down. Um, The rabbit warren one. Um, And if, if a baby animal is separated from its parents, how will it know what to eat? given that some animals can't eat, you know, some are carnivores and some are herbivores. So that, I really like that question, but I, I don't know if it's going to be possible to get an answer. And atoms. Is there the same amount of atoms in a, in a tonne of solid as there is in a tonne of, or as there are, in a tonne of liquid? So I've got atoms. Rabbit Warrens, what was the other one again? This is so professional and live, this, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we're all right. Uh, Anya is in Holland Park. Anya, question or answer? Um, I've got an answer. Carry on. So it's, yes. um, I think if it's for the why fish lose their colour when they die. Oh, yes. Um, well, I've got two. Well, the first is because of stress, um, because if, if they're kept in captivity, so they're being moved from a new aquarium, hmm. um, then the stress, um, weakens their immune systems and makes them vulnerable to diseases and parasites, which makes them um, lose their colour. And also because when fish die, um, they sink to the bottom of the sea and there's less light exposure there and less um, and less light exposure, sorry, less light exposure causes um, them to lose their colour, whereas some fish swim on the surface, but when you die, you fall at the bottom. So, yeah. Right, quite so. If the, the reason is... They die as well. It could be. It could be that they're not. Whatever it is, the sunlight does is no longer happening. That 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 would be it, would it? So. Could you just repeat that? Pardon. Do you please repeat that? Yes, sorry, of course. I'm sorry. It. I'm saying they've got deja vu. Then, so it, 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 the sunlight has. I mean, something chemical happens to the fish with regard to colour that is caused by sunlight. So no, no, that doesn't work, does it? So it's only after it's died that it goes. I'm going to get... What are your qualifications, Anya? Um, I'm 11, so I don't have any qualifications. No, but you should say I'm 11, so I know everything, actually. I think we probably... <laughs> that'd be yeah. the best. That's more like it. I, I, yeah, right, round of applause for Anya. I think she's covered it. And that once you are removed from the sunlight, more than the stress. I prefer the sunlight to the stress answer, but, yeah, great work, Anya. Superb. 12.38 is the time. I, I, I never feel thick during Mystery Hour when it's grown-ups. And never, well, I don't feel thick very often, as you know. That's probably a character flaw rather than an indication of my own intelligence. But I never feel stupid during Mystery Hour with grown-ups. Even when we've got, like, hardcore science stuff on, I, I kind of do that humanities-based snobbery where I think that, you know, maths and science are for the geeks and the really clever people uh, do the classics or, or, or the arts, which is incredibly stupid. But it, it, it's like a suit of armour. It insulates you from self-knowledge. I never feel thick during Mystery Hour when it's adults. When it's children... I would say one call in three now is making me feel a bit stupid. Kieran's in Aberdeen. Kieran, question or answer? 
Uh, Sir James. Carry on, Kieran. Question regarding orange juice and water. Um, what I believe that would be is that every single material in the world, be it a liquid or a solid, has what's called specific heat capacity. Yes. Um, and what that means is it takes a certain amount of energy to add a certain yes. temperature to that material. Um, and I believe that what will be causing this is that you've got a different specific heat capacity between the water and the orange juice. Yes. Um, and what that means is that relatively one will feel colder than the other because of that, because it's had the same amount of energy uh, taken away from it by the fridge to reduce the temperature. But because of that different heat capacity, you're going to get a slight difference in what the actual temperature may be. That makes perfect sense. Even though orange juice is going to be largely made up of water, the presence of what the bits that aren't water are going to change the specific heat capacity. Correct. Um, I can't find any data on the specific heat capacity of orange juice. but Well, how hard yeah, have you I'm, looked, I'm, I'm, Kieran? Well, not, 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 not very, to be honest. That's just what <laughs> cropped into my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's got to be that. So, so if I put a thermometer in it, would it come up with the same temperature? No. Um, no, no, it wouldn't. Right, so because because it would need more energy to get. I'd need more energy in the orange juice to get it to the same temperature as the water, and I can't yes. get more energy in the orange juice because they're in the same fridge, which means they're absorbing the same amount of energy, heat energy, or whatever. Um, they're, therefore, well, they're having the same amount removed from them. That, yeah. The same amount of heat energy removed from them by the temperature of the fridge, but the specific heat capacities are different, so the temperatures of the two liquids will actually be different, but you could, with a different fridge, bring the orange juice down to the same temperature as the water in the other fridge. Yes. Round of applause for Kira. Right, yeah, whoa, 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 qualifications. Uh, I'm a degree qualified engineer. Yeah, that'll do. Round of applause for Kira. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, 12.41 is the time. That was a lovely one. I, I'm still missing one. Keith, you, you, you said it in my ear and I, I, I didn't write it down. Between Rabbit Warren and Atoms, what was the other one? The cubs, yes, the orphaned little baby animals. That's one of my favourite questions of all time. If an animal got orphaned, how would it know if it was a herbivore? Or, or how would it know if it was a carnivore? What would it know? Because, I mean, you'd go and eat anything, wouldn't you, if you were a little baby orphan animal? Oh. Elsa is in Sheffield. Elsa, question or answer? Hello, Elsa. What what have you got for me? Hello. Hello. That's not Elsa. I hope Elsa didn't ring without permission. Well, no, all children definitely have permission from their children from their parents before they ring in. But something went a bit wrong there. I'm still reeling from the deja vu. I mean, that was just a thing of absolute beauty. You ring in to answer a question about deja vu. And I say, what are your qualifications? He said, well, I rang in two years ago to answer this question about deja vu. And that, it didn't even end there. I also rang in before that to ask a question about deja vu. Anybody else got deja vu? Can we make sure Elsa's okay? I don't, I don't want to feel that I've um, ruined her day. Let's go to Wilford. Ben's there. Ben, question or answer? Um, I've got an answer. Carry on, Ben. the question to do with atoms and how many atoms there are in water or a rock. Yeah, wow. Go on, then. Fill your boots. Um, there's, there's two parts to the answer. So one is to do with the state of what it is, whether it's a liquid or a solid. Right. So in a solid, atoms are closer together than in a liquid. So that's part of the answer. So in a given volume of rock, on average, there would be more atoms than in... Than in the same volume of water because it's a liquid, so the atoms are further away. Yes. But they're also a component of what the atoms actually are, what chemical they are, because different atoms weigh different amounts. So um, if you take one kilogram of iron, which is quite a light 
methyl atom, that has an atomic number of 26. Of course. Or one kilogram of lead, yes. which is a much heavier atom, I think it's um, uh, an atomic number of 82. Uh-huh. There will be less atoms of lead to make up one kilogram of lead because the atoms themselves are heavier. So it's not a solid liquid split then? It's not purely a solid liquid split. That's part of it. That's to do with how it's. Uh, but could you find a liquid with an atomic number higher than a solid? Um, you probably could. So, for example, if you um, if you melted lead, molten lead would be a liquid, and that would be a, have a much higher atomic number than water. Mm-hmm. Qualifications? Yeah. Um, I'm a biology PhD student. I, I, this is just like a conspiracy today. On one hand, <laughs> I've got eight-year-olds making me feel stupid, and then on the other hand, I've got degree-qualified engineers and PhD biology students making me feel stupid. We used to get loads of thickos ringing mystery hour, and I used to feel all superior and smug about it, but it's all, it's all gone a bit wrong, Ben, lately. I don't know how to get things back on an even keel. I, I don't have an answer to that question, I'm afraid. Ha! There, got you in the end. Round of applause for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu. Freya is in... Um, we'll squeeze Freya in before the break, I think, in Painswick in Gloucester. Freya, question or answer? Um, question. Carry on. Why are badgers called Brock? As in, the ma- is it the male badger that's called a Brock, or, or I can't, I can't. Like I don't know, like any badger, pretty much. No, you're on. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, when you say why, what, what exactly do you mean? Because sto- my brother's can you, called can, Brock. Can you tell that person who is whispering in your ear to be quiet, please? Because Freya and I are trying to have a conversation, and we're perfectly capable of having this conversation on our own without any other adult interference. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Please, thank you. Goodbye. Sorry, Freya, you were saying. Because my brother's called Brock. Ah, uh, well, when I say why, I mean, do you mean the origin of the word? As in, yeah. where, where does the word come from? or, or what, Because it comes from either... It's one of those words that comes from the Vikings. Yeah. Did you know that? Nope. So it, 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 I'll find out more for you, or someone will, but I do remember, because I think I've just had a bit of deja vu, it is one of those words that, that, that came over. It's like, it, it, you know, it's either got Norse or Celtic origin, because I know it comes up in Welsh as well, but I shall find It's a cool name. Freya and... Uh, oh, but Freya is quite a Vikingy name as well, isn't it? Yeah, I know. So, are are your parents, Freya, are your parents actually Vikings? My dad is. This is an amazing detective story (laughs) unfolding live on the radio. So your dad is, is his name Thor? No. Oh, right. (laughs) Well, I shall try and find, so why are badgers called Brock? So we know where Brock comes from, but why has Brock, the word of Viking origin, come to apply to... Badgers. That's the question, Freya. Am I right? Yeah. So you knew it was Viking origin. That's the closest I've come all morning to feeling a bit clever. And actually, I was even being stupid when I thought I was being clever. Let's find out for Freya why Brock is applied to badgers. I wonder whether it was a Viking word for someone who had um, badgery colouring. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Coming up at one on LBC, Sheila Fogarty. Schools will be given coronavirus testing kits from September, but just two cases could mean closure again. Will it work? Sheila Fogarty on LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien.
I've dropped a clanger, haven't I? I, I absolutely open goal for a Rayleigh Otter earlier in the program, but I was so um, I was so undermined by this unfamiliar feeling of thickness that has overcome me during the course of Mystery Hour today. My customary conceit and arrogance has deserted me completely, as on one hand I have a succession of children under the age of 10 making me feel stupid, and then on the other I have a succession of adults educated to astonishingly high levels making me feel ignorant. Thank God for Tracy and Kempston, who of course rang in to answer a question about deja vu, and when she was asked what her qualifications were, she told us that she'd actually asked and answered that question, the same question, on this feature, on this radio station, before. 10 to 1 is the time. Have you worked out what the open goal is yet? Tracy is in Kempston. Tracy, question or answer? Um, I don't know. I've just been put back on. I'm Ray Liotta, and you're listening oh. to James O'Brien on LBC. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you. I can't believe that I didn't do that sooner. It's one of the most obvious Ray Liotta qualifications of all time, and I was so gobsmacked. Oh. I, was, I was in, you know, when you're in a lift. And it's mirrored. Yeah. You're in a mirrored lift and you see your reflection, but then you notice behind your reflection, the reflection of your reflection in the other side. And then it goes on and on and on and on and on like that forever. I felt our last phone call was a bit like that, <laughs> potentially, which is, which is why I didn't, get, I didn't get the Rayleigh Otter in. I'll speak to you next time someone asks the oh, deja vu question, all right? I'll be, I'll be there again. I have Absolutely. a feeling you probably will. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks 12, a lot. No, take Please. care. Take, 1251. Dan is in Holmes Chapel. Dan, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James, and you'll be pleased to know that I'm, uh, I'm not a child and you're probably better educated than I am. Well, I might be better educated. It doesn't mean I'm cleverer, Dan, so uh, that's the lesson of today's programme. Go on, what have you got? Uh, so it's a complimentary answer to Kieran's question, answer about orange juice. So yes. I, I did an experiment. So uh, I had some orange juice and water in my fridge. They, they are the same temperature. Right. Uh, but the difference is that the thermometer gets down quicker when it's water than when it's orange juice. So it's obviously sucking the temperature out of the thermometer faster hey, than the orange so juice. So they would be the same temperature in the fridge, but they would feel differently on your tongue. Let me just check this. They would, f yes, they would feel differently on your tongue because of the specific heat capacity. So the answer is specific heat capacity, but the application of the answer merits yeah. a little bit of... It's the ability of the mouth or the tongue to take the heat out of the substance that makes it feel colder and or warmer in your mouth. That's it, yeah. Which is what I the, thermo so anyway. the thermometer took the heat out of. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah. qualifications. I've just been sticking thermometers in my fridge. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. Are you at home on your own or have you been doing it with the children? Uh, the children are uh, studiously working away upstairs and I've been, uh, been doing, doing So your children are being homeschooled at the moment and you're listening to a children's feature on the radio and doing your own little experiments in the kitchen. There's three of them. It's difficult enough to get on the road. Dan, I love you like a brother, mate. I love you like a brother. That, that, is, that is one of the most perfect moments. Have a round of applause on me. Thank you. And tell those kids to get back to work. You've got, you've got pointless experiments to conduct while listening to children's radio. 12.52 is the time. Ben is in Chelmsford. Ben, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, going. Carry on, Ben. Uh, it was just uh, an answer on the, the fish question, actually. Will those fish become white when they, uh, when they die? So... So we, I, we're just going to hang on. Just no, stay there. We'll try and sort your phone line out. I don't know what's happened since you spoke to the producer, but we will definitely get you back. It's, it's, it's a very bold move, launching a steward's inquiry on an 11-year-old girl, Ben. But hey, you know, if, if you're, Ben's back, as I was saying, Ben, it's quite a bold move launching a steward's inquiry on an 11-year-old girl. But if you're comfortable, right, if you're comfortable uh, with being that guy, that's fine by me. 
<laughs> well, it was obviously that was a very good answer before, but it was just to put a little bit more uh, good man. flesh on the bones, if you want. So to speak. Um, so since uh, in their skin, they've had the a... Mate, uh, the phone's gone again. I can't... It just drives me out of the flipping... Are you in a fish tank at the moment? Can we try and just, just tell him to stand still when he's got a clear line through? We need to hear that, OK? Ananya, I hope I pronounced that correctly, is in Feltham. Ananya, question or answer? Answer, please. Carry on. Um, so the answer is to why are badgers called brooks? Yes. So, um, brooks are called badgers because um, the word badger and brook comes from French. Um, and um, it means to dig down. And badgers can dig down really quickly. So... I and what does Brock that. mean? Excuse me? What does Brock mean? It means badger in Old English. So what, and badger, so the, what, so the French for dig is, is, is a bit like badger, is it? Bad, bad to dig? Or am I being stupid again? Badger. Well, I'm um, very polite. So I don't know the pronunciation. So what's the French word for to dig? Badger. Is it? Yeah, from the it's a bit like betcha or betche or something. Yeah, no, I'm with you on this. I like, I like. What are your qualifications? Um, um, I only nine. That, well, that's a pretty big qualification. Where do, how do you know this stuff about badgers and brocks? So one year ago, I was watching a children's show, Peter Rabbit, uh-huh. with my little sister. Yes. And um, the badger character was named something like Brock. Oh. So in Peter Rabbit, they always name characters something linked with the um, animal. Right. So I searched it up on Google one year ago, and I still remember it right now. Well, that, no, that, that works for me. So Brock comes from, I mean, I think the, 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 the word Brock originally was a nickname for people who look like badgers. Yeah. But badger refers to the actual digging process. So mix it all together, and what do you get? Badgers are called brocks. Brocks are called yeah. badgers. I'm going to give mm-hmm. you a round of applause, Ananya. Did I pronounce your question, your name correctly? Yes. Ananya. Yeah. That's a lovely name. Have a round of applause. Thank you. You're very welcome. Mark's in Kingston. Mark, question or answer? I have an answer, James. Carry on, Mark. The answer is to the rabbit warren question. Oh, I loved that question. Yes, go on. <laughs> you might not like the answer. Oh. Um, the answer, well, the answer you're like, the answer is yes, they do. And yes, they can share Warren. Good. Um, particularly when they're startled by predators, they all jump into the, the nearest burrow that they see. Like that big nasty bird on Watership Down. Absolutely. Mm. But what? But what am I not going to like about this? You got me worried now. Well, it's the it's it's my qualification, James. That might be uh, frowned upon. There are a lot of children listening, Mark. I've got a horrible feeling. I know where this is going. I think you do, James. I am a professional pest controller. Round of applause for Mark, please. (laughs) And you work with rabbits often, do you, Mark? You monster? Uh, Yes, quite often. What have they ever done to you, mate? (laughs) (laughs) Don't hear that, that, boys and girls. That that, that laugh at the end, it's like being at the pantomime. I jest, of course. Uh, 12.57 is the time. We we didn't do the orphaned little animal. Is anyone going to have a crack at the orphaned little animal? On knowing what food you can and can't eat. Oh, Phil's in Swansea. Phil, question or answer? Uh, answer. Carry on, Phil. Uh, young animals, often, but uh, do they know what to eat? 
Um, the answer is that there's a close connection between the uh, sense of taste and sense of smell. Of course there is. Uh, in all animals, given that it's more highly developed in uh, non-human animals. Mm. If it's, well, the short answer, if it smells good, it tastes good. Um, in the case of... Uh, so, uh, the, so the animal would just know. It's like uh, inherited ev- evolutionary <laughs> inheritance. You would know from the smell whether or not you're going to enjoy eating it Exactly, yes. And if, it, if it's something it enjoys eating... Uh, this not, might not necessarily apply to humans, but all other animals, if it tastes good, then it does them good. Um, I know this because if, if, I, if I feed my cat um, some dried food, which is about six days old, mm. and I put some fresh on, the, on his plate, he knows automatically which is, which is going to taste better. It does, yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I don't know your cat, but my cats are the same. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Oh, there was something else I was going to mention. I don't think you need to. I mean, it is. It's also so. It's not a question of the. It's, yes. Uh, well, not well it's, it's it's just that the um, it's just that the, it's it's just to do do with the well. It gets complicated. It's about the nerve endings of the taste taste buds and the olfactory uh, uh, sense of smell. But um, no, no as it, as you would expect, the, the the little baby animal knows for itself what it's going to fancy eating and what it's not going to yeah. fancy. Well, eating. In the case of lion cubs, yes, be, because uh, it don't, their their food is not automatically available, as say uh, the food of a cow, he's only got to sniff the grass and eat it. But with with, with um, predators such as uh, lions, they have to be taught how to hunt because otherwise yes. they won't get their food. It's the same with uh, birds of prey. You know, they follow their their parents around, and the, the parent will show them how to catch a, a rabbit, for example. Because uh, they can't just um, go smell their food yeah. in the same sense that a herbivore can. Qualifications? Um, well, a cat owner, and uh, I read a lot of books about biology in the past. That'll as well, do nice. So. Got you around the floors, <laughs> Phil. Well played. Thank you very much. Uh, and that's it from me for another day. We'll do it all again tomorrow morning from 10. I think we've got, we've got the Mayor of London tomorrow, actually, so any questions you would like to put to him, see me as your empty vessel through which all your inquiries will pass, more or less unchecked and unchallenged. Uh, In the meantime, here's Sheila Fogarty. Thanking you, James. Thanks a lot. Uh, The government has published its safety plans for the return to school in September. The principle being keeping classes or whole year groups apart in separate bubbles, not necessarily just bubbles of 15 to 20 like uh, the original plan. But it means if there are two confirmed cases, just two confirmed cases over a fortnight, possibly... Likely, all the pupils in that group or even the whole school may have to be sent home. Parents will have access to testing kits, though, from the school. So schools will have them and parents can use them if their children show symptoms. So we're starting to get a sense of what a return to school in September might look like. The balance of risk, said the Education Secretary, is now overwhelmingly in favour of children returning to school. On your radio, on Global Player, and Play LBC. Leading Britain's conversation, this is LBC.